Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. So uh, the worship team is up here. And uh, who was blessed by the worship today? You know, usually, usually I'm over there. And uh, it felt good to be out there and actually like just looking at what they do and just really just being able to partake of what Vanessa has built. Anybody out here ever been uh, in the music ministry at all? Any instruments? Now, if you've done it, you know that ego is a very heavy thing with the music ministry, right? There's usually something that kind of goes on. Am I, am I talking to myself? <laughs> Stuff usually goes on. But because of what Vanessa carries and because of what's in the house, ego isn't tolerated because everybody's going after the presence. Everybody's going after the presence. And as I was looking up here and I was just looking at the joy on the faces, I was like, I get to participate with that, man. And I was hyped. <laughs> and the tears just began to flow out my eyes because uh, even as Jen said, thank you so much for that warm introduction, that this is my family. As per God's custom, how he normally does with me when I prepare for a message, he usually switches something up on the last minute. Anybody ever had that happen to him before? I am going to navigate these waters, and I'm going to ask that you just kind of bear with me because the Lord wants to say something. So my my grandmother was a very godly woman. Uh, Her name was Virginia Perry. And she's the first person who told me about God. She's the first person who planted the seeds of faith in the heart of me and my family members. And her favorite verse that she would say to us every day was Matthew 22 and 37. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And so even though I had made a decision as a young person, that verse always stayed with me. And when I finally gave my life to Christ at the age of 20, that verse right there has always been my my anchor verse. And I was listening to the worship today, and that word all just kept on sticking out. Can somebody say all? We heard all again during the offering again today. And let's just think about that verse for a moment. Love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength. What we see most of all in the body, I've been guilty of it myself before, but I'm gonna tell you something. I'm not there anymore. It's just loving the Lord with my mind. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, it's just information. It's not relationship. It is this person's ministry versus this ministry. It is this YouTube video versus that YouTube video, but never a real entering of spiritual activity in my heart. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, it it always just kind of stays here, and because it stays here, there's this thirst for knowledge and filling my head up with stuff, and I got this doctrine, I got that doctrine. But if I ask you to lay hands on the sick, what would happen? If I ask you to cast out this devil, what would happen? Because many times if it just sticks right here, if I'm going to go cast out, and notice we've been talking a lot about that lately. It doesn't seem interesting. Like three services you've been hearing about 
demons and devil. They're nothing to be afraid of. We have authority over the evil one. And I know that where Kim and I were before we came here in San Antonio, there was a lot of wickedness and witchcraft. And so Christians would participate with kunandettas. Anybody ever heard of kunandettas before? The witch doctors. They would participate in witchcraft and then come in church on Sunday and it would cause some kind of weird activity to happen. <laughs> Their movements while we're worshiping this way would be counter culture to our movements and they would they try and come against the flow of the Holy Spirit but how many of you know since they were attracted to glory every time God would make sure that they, they got delivered every time and I'm going to tell you something you haven't seen somebody's face until you've seen someone who's been freed from a devil and then get baptized in the Holy Spirit right on the back end of it but that's not mind connection with the Father that's spirit somebody say spirit Somebody say heart. And see, with this whole mind thing, which is interesting, then we try and have formulas for everything. Lay your hands like this. Preach it like this. Blow it like this. It has to be a certain way. And once we figure it out, and once we say that's the legal way that it should go, that's when it, it gets concreted in us and say that's the way. But what happens when God offends the mind and chooses to do it a different way? What happens when he makes a decision to go in a totally different direction that you had purposed your mind to go because it didn't register at the time? Even greater, do I have the heart and the soul that is open so that God can speak to me, right? Because that's all everybody really wants, whether they want to say it or not. They want a God who really knows them. They want Jehovah Rohi. They want the God who sees them. Say, God sees me. And he knows me. That's what we really want. And so with the mind, if you're an evangelistic type person, you're going and you're talking to people about Jesus and they want to argue with you from the mind, right? But I will tell you a feature that our God has that no other God has. We can have intimacy with our Father. We can have exchange and we can have communication with the one whom we say is our Lord, is our Father, is our big brother, etc. Do you follow me? So therefore, it is not a mind thing that God has invited us to. He's invited into relationships. Somebody say relationships. So I want to start today with, with just a few things talking about relationship. I am here off of a word from God. I am here at Bethel Atlanta off of a word from God, something that totally messed with my mind and wasn't something that I had planned for my life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. I thank you that every single person will receive what you're releasing today, God. God, I pray that every blind eye would be open, God, every deaf ear would become unstopped, and that glory would be released today. In Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah. So, about two years ago when I first got on staff, and let me digress for a moment because I'll probably get beat upside my head if I don't stop here. I would like to acknowledge my most precious gift on this side of glory. In 37 days, 
it will be 20 years for us. Mrs. Kimberly Edwards. Yes. Yes. You, 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 you can't come popping out the gate and forget your wife. You just, you just, you just can't do it. You just, you just can't forget your wife. Yeah, I love you, babe. I love you. So now I'm back. <laughs> so about two and a half years ago, uh, when I first got on staff, Blake Healy, he said that he had gifts and he had presence for everybody. And y'all know how Blake is. He sees from heaven. He's prophetic, all of the above. I mean, if you ever talk to any of the Blake Healy family, like, for their birthday, like, what they're doing, like, you say, what are you doing for your birthday? Oh, oh we're giving prophetic words to one another at the dinner table. Like, they're, they're prophetic all the time. Like, this is what they love to do. And he began to go around the room and, and share with each team member what it was that God was giving them and what he saw that God doing with them. And when he got to me, he said, Michael, I see an angel, and the angel has a sword. And he said that the angel stuck this big sword into your heart, and because you allowed the angel to stick the sword into your heart, you'll be able to release that for others. That's what he told me. And I didn't understand what he was talking about. I didn't understand, so I just got with the Lord. Where's that sister that came up to me in worship? Tina, where you at? Her name was Tina. She came up to me. Uh, there she is. That's that yes that you were talking about. That's that yes that you were talking about. She came up to me. She gave me this phenomenal word that just wrecked me. I don't know how I'm even composed right now. But the Lord has partnered with my yes. And if I could say if there's any characteristic about my life, that I think is great is that I give the Lord a yes. I have given the Lord a yes. I have given him the loving him with my whole heart, my soul, and my mind. And I'm not talking about that being a qualifier for anything. I'm talking about my personal journey with Jesus is that I have given him a yes, not with my mind. I've given him a yes in my inward parts. How many yes people are there today? We got a yes, a lot of yes people. All right, that's good. Well, I want to talk. Let's, I want to go to John 2. You know, I'm going to get this right here because it's going gonna, it's gonna to bug my mind. <laughs> it's, it's, that's messing my mind right there. Sorry. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> the carpet was flapped over. Thank you, Steve. It's, it's, the, it's the military part, guys. It's the military part. But, but if you would turn to John 2, John 2. And in John 2, we see a very familiar passage of Scripture, and it is the wedding at Cana. And at the wedding at Cana, we see that Jesus was invited to there with his disciples, and so was Mary, his mom. While at this place, an interesting thing happened. I don't know why she did it, but she looks at Jesus, and she tells Jesus that they ran out of wine. Has anybody ever just, anybody got a big imagination just be thinking about these, like, conversations? Why, why did she tell Jesus, like, was he a winemaker on the side? Like, did he have a, another business outside of carpentry that we don't know about? Why did she say, Jesus, we've ran out of wine? And if you look at the next verse, Jesus looks at her and says, woman, what do I have to do with this? It's not my time yet. 
brings up some questions, right? It's not my time yet. And then he called her woman on top of that. Like, <laughs> like I don't know about you, but look, look, check this out. In their figures of speech, in their vernacular, woman was not derogatory. So that wasn't a bad thing. I actually did research on that. I was like, that was messed up, Jesus. <laughs> woman. <laughs> but then there's this last piece, though, that, that Mary, it's like she almost ignored him saying what, she said, what he said to her. And he said, she says, whatever he says to do, do it. Whatever he says to do, do it. And we know the story. They went and got the big ceremonial basins and they filled the basins up with water. And what happened to the water? It turned to wine. I want to base this message today off of Whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. Because we talked early on when I first started, and we said that he loves relationship. As a matter of fact, hasn't that always been his way since the very beginning? Before the fall and after the fall, he always loved communion with man. He never wanted to be there a point of separation with man. He was a communicator. Name the animals, Adam. Giraffe, elephant, monkey. He talked to Adam. He said, it's not good that you're alone. He sent the woman. So we see that from the very beginning, he's always wanted to communicate with man. Being that he wanted to communicate with man, he was always envisioning something, even if man couldn't see it for themselves at the time. Because in his release, in the words that he released to Adam, there was something of the kingdom that he was wanting to express through Adam and his dominion in the earth. If we're going to talk about that word, word, how many people have been in the body of Christ for a long, long time? You know, in the Bible, there's two main words for word. Number one is what? Logos. Logos. And so you, you can look at all the YouTubes, you can look at all the, the commentaries and stuff like that, but when you're looking at the word logos, for what it means for us today, for the most part, is the written word that came from the heart of God. Say, the written word that came from the heart of God unto us. So if you've got uh, it on your phone, if you have it today, your, your Bible, you have some logos with you today. You have some logos with you today. But there's another word that means word. And that word is what? Rhema. Rhema meaning the living, breathing word of God. That get this, this is this distinction between both of these overflow words from God. The distinction is this, specific time, specific place, specific person, specific generation. He knows us, right? Very specific. That's how our God is because when we've given him our heart, he says, this is a place that I can work with. This is a place where I can establish my kingdom through. So now get this. Let's go to Matthew 4 and 4 and put a pen right there. And let's go to Luke 4 and 4 and put a pen right there. 
So I call these two scriptures the, the fraternal twin scriptures because both of them are four and four, but they don't look exactly alike. In Luke four and four, you see it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. By natural means, by natural sustenance, by that which fills the belly, man shall not live by bread alone. But if we turn over to Matthew, it says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceeded from where? The mouth of God. So even in that scripture right there, there's a distinction right there. One is written and one is from the mouth. One is written and one is from the mouth of God saying that this living God who gave us access to him is still speaking to us. Somebody say, God is still speaking. God is still speaking to us. And there's a number of ways that he speaks. It's not just one way. See, when we think about the voice of God, it gets intimidating because you think that it's supposed to be God's audible voice all the time. Has anybody thought it was weird that somebody says that they hear the audible voice? That, there you go. That's an honest brother right there. Congratulate him. He's honest. The audible voice of God. But it is a way that you can hear the voice of God that's very specific for a specific time, specific place, specific person, situation. Well, how about I tell you today there's at least 15 ways that you can hear from God. And I'm not going to take all the air out the room by reading all of them at length, I'm going to bust through them really quickly, and you can hear it on the podcast, but I'm just going to kind of go through these quickly, okay? The audible voice. Nature. Romans 1 talks about it, right? Number three, the word, the written word. Number four, animals. Hello, Balaam. Number five, children. How many of y'all think that we should get the kingdom kids to have a prayer line on here on Sundays after all those testimonies I've been hearing about them? Children. Number six, phenomena. I know y'all like Muppets. I didn't say phenomena. I said phenomena. Hello, burning bush. Okay. Seven, dreams. I want to put a subcategory to that dreams, uh, the dreams of others. If you ever talk to Lindy Hale, any portion of time, you'll know that even us sitting here right now was one of her dreams, right? Eight, visions. Subcategory, visions of others. Hello, Blake. Nine, the still small voice or whisper. Ten, the prophetic word. Eleven, worship. How many people get massive downloads during worship? I mean, you just hear the voice of God. Yeah. Number 12, angelic encounters. 14, 13, repetition, the language of the Spirit. How many 111 people we got here? 222, the 555 people. Oh, yeah, there you go. I'm a fellow 111 person too, good. God is speaking to you. He's showing you something through repetition. 
praying in the spirit, mystery and silence. So I don't know about you, but it sounds to me like it's maybe not a, a one-size-fits-all for hearing the voice of God. It's not a one-size-fits-all for just one way of hearing God's voice. So just looking at that list, because I didn't even go through all of them, if you look back at your own life and you just think about when you said or you felt that God spoke to you, you can probably look back at one of those and say, yeah, that's how God deals with me. One of them that I didn't mention was you just get a quick download, or I call it impressions, and then you just know that it was God that spoke to you. Now, how do I know that every single person in this room has the ability to hear from God? How do I know? First of all, you were designed that way. Second of all, in Joel 2, which was referenced in Acts 2 from the apostle Peter when they got filled with the Holy Spirit, he said, in those days, I will pour my spirit out on select flesh. Did you just correct me? In those days when I pour my spirit out, I will pour my spirit out on all flesh. All flesh. So does that mean that even the person who you view as the mass murderer had an opportunity at one time and probably still does have an opportunity? Does that mean that? Does that mean that the two-year-old child right here who's just an open channel for God to just... What about the godly wisdom and counsel that it comes from somebody who just got born again and all of a sudden they gave God a yes and God is able to speak through them too and give something that's wise in the moment. So now, now we see all these ways that God can speak to us, and there's more. But I want to talk about something that correlates back with that story with Jesus, because we have to understand something. Where Jesus was at that point, he had just came out of the wilderness. Has anybody ever been in the wilderness here before? Has anybody ever been in a place of testing, a place that's tough, but it became a place that you could hear the Lord? And in that place, Jesus was presented with a few things. That's why he had to refer to the Logos of their day. Because he knew that withstanding on that which God had already established, the foundation that God had already established, he was able to overcome the lie of the enemy. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. So check this out. What was Jesus presented with? Well... Maybe some less of the flesh, because he said, will you just turn this stone to bread? He said, will you fall down and worship me? He was messing with Jesus' very identity at that time. And Jesus overcame the lie of the enemy, trying to mess with his identity by the word. And last but not least, he got him with the pride of life. He got him with the advancement. He got him with the possessions. He got him with the stuff. Does any of this sound like stuff that we actually deal with now ourselves? Possessions and stuff and things. And he tempted Jesus with that, and Jesus was able to overcome by what? 
the word, right? Well, I'm submitting something to you today. Jesus was at all points tempted just like we were. Every opportunity that we have to fall into something or, or get victory into something, Jesus had every opportunity to, but he provided an example for us to be able to walk into it. So now, I'm going to bring up this point. There's nothing wrong with the sending of the message. There's nothing wrong with God, is there? Is he all the way perfect? Is he all the way pure? Is he able to fail? Is he able to be fallible in any kind of way? Is he able to lie? No, none of these things. That means that this aspect that I'm about to talk to you about is intact. What am I about to talk to you about? Well, when I was in the military, when you get ready to go to sergeant, there's a school called PLDC, Primary Leadership Development Course. And they teach us about communication. And in this communication, there's three parts. There's the sender, somebody say sender, the message, and the receiver. The sender, the message, and the receiver. Well, for what we're talking about today, Jesus told us what the receiver is in Matthew 13, didn't he? Matthew 13 is the godfather of all parables. And he talked about the condition of the heart. He talks about what happened when the sower sows the word. He talks about what happened when the sower sows the word. It falls on numerous places. It can go on the top of the ground and the, and the birds of the air will just come and get it. It could go into the thorny areas where it gets choked out with the pleasures of life. How many of you have good soil, though, that produces that 30, that 60, and that 90, and that 100-fold? We got some good soil in here? <laughs> so God is saying, I, I am the one who wants to speak to you, but in order for me not to get something to you, in order for you not to be able to even say a yes, there has to be something that's going on here. What am I talking about? I'm glad you asked, my brother. He wants to get to our heart. He wants to get to the stony places. And the Holy Spirit that's speaking to you in the way that he speaks to you, because there is a primary way out of all these that he speaks to you if you look back at your life. He's whispering things to you like this. Forgive. Don't watch that right there. Go here. Go there. And I know that nobody will agree with me, but I will tell you, you could look back on your life and you can say all those times when you felt it was the voice of God that was talking to you, and then you look on Instagram and somebody has just done that invention that God just gave you. You look on YouTube and somebody has 9 million followers off of something God told you 13 years ago because he gives you knowledge of witty invention and ideas. Isn't that what Proverbs says? So we're, we're, we're kind of reeling this thing back in because we're going back to the all message once again. The sender is who? God through, via the Holy Spirit. 
because that he said that the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth, and he shall comfort you. This is the, the, the feature that we have from God that being able to hear his voice, he is able to release to us what it is that he wants to do on the earth. And I don't know about you, but when I look at this alignment that God wants to do with heart, soul, and mind, I think about heaven and earth being aligned in this aspect because he's aligning the heart, soul, and mind. Heaven is here. He doesn't say anything about the body because he knows that the body would fall suit if the heart, soul, and mind are alignment. But the body is the contact point with the earth. The body is the contact point with the earth. But he said that when we align heart, soul, and mind from the sender getting this message to us, trying to get into this receiver. Why does he want to get into this receiver? It's because when I receive his word, light begins to come. When I receive his word, hope begins to arise. And just like Jesus, when he was able to overcome the evil one with the word, he keeps the enemy wants to present hopelessness to me. I have it drowned out with the word of God inside of me, empowered by his spirit, because it is a lie. He's not my father. He's the father of lies. My father said that I will release my spirit unto you and I will lead you and guide you into all truth and it will be a comforter unto you. Listen, y'all. I have a choice if I walk around in hopelessness because he has provided something for you. And when he can get inside your heart and you open up your heart to what the Holy Spirit is telling you and directing you and point you in that direction, you allow yourself to be a vehicle by which the church can advance through. And so now you're not a, 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 a hopeless person. Now you are a, a hope dealer now. And now where you go, people can sense the life of God in you. They can sense the joy in you. They can sense the peace in you because your receiver is intact and you have said, I'm moving away the stones. We talk about revival a lot and we think about somebody who died because revival means to come back to life, basically, empowered by the Holy Spirit. We look at Lazarus and he says this, that when he died and the sisters asked him to raise him up, he gave them this statement, you roll away the stone. You roll away the thorny places. You roll away that which doesn't allow the, the sender and the message to get lost because the, something's going on with the receiver, a blockage there with the reception. I will tell you this. I remember not too long ago, I had a season where I was kind of like in a, a ministry midlife crisis, <laughs> a ministry midlife crisis. And I began to go to God and I said, God, what's going on? I said, God, I, I thought I laid it all down. Just God, just speak to me, God, because I know you're hearing me. I know you're with me. And began, he just began to sat me down. And when I just sat in that place, I remember God saying, all right, you're looking for this right here, but where have I opened up favor for you? And I just began to look around in the spirit, in, in my natural spiritual eye. 
And he opened up something to me. And guess where it was? It was in the place of worship. It was in the place of worship. And when God spoke to me and he put that impression in my spirit, y'all, something rose up in me. Because the Lord of glory had spoke to my heart and he knew me well enough to know exactly what I would need. And I began to execute that with all my heart and say, this is what I'm going to do in this season, God, because this is what you're saying to me. Listen, y'all, I'm going to tell this to y'all. I got my most profound prophetic words after making that decision. People's coming up to me and saying, wow, I see revival while you're doing that. Wow, I'm seeing God move while you're doing this. Wow, this is going on in another country. Why you're just playing the key, little old keyboard. It seems insignificant. But as it is a part, this is a part of my yes. This is an extension of my yes. Whenever I come as a worship person, Vanessa will tell you, you'll never see me read anything because I want to make sure I memorize that music and it moves from my head to my heart and I'm able to minister and worship just like any person who's up here singing. That's part of my yes in this environment to say, God, I want to open up my heart completely to what it is that you have. And when I open up my heart to you, you're going to do something that's beyond me. Y'all, I'm going to bring this plane right here. We have a choice. Say, I have a choice. I have a choice with the measure that I will allow God to operate in my life. I don't have any time to hem and haw and complain about what's happening and what's happening. I need to listen to what God is telling me so I can be his agent in the earth. I don't know about you, but it excites me to be his agent in the earth. When I go to a soccer game, man, those guys are excited. They're just jumping the whole time. And that's how I feel on the inside about having a yes for the Lord of glory. How many yes people are out there today? So will you commit this week? One thing about God's voice, he never condemns. He only convicts. And in conviction, he asks questions. Will you take inventory this week? Will you say, this is the place where I have stony places. This is the place where it's being choked out. Because whether we acknowledge it or not, all we really want is him. Isn't that what we want? Don't we want him in his fullness? Don't we want him in his glory to just flow through us? Don't we, isn't that what we want? Isn't he the desired one? Well, speaking about desired one, I'd like uh, my wonderful friend Zana Allen to come forward with Jason. So I don't know about you, but I have had seasons in my life where I haven't made him my first choice. I have had times in my life when I said, God, I hear you're talking, I hear you're speaking, but I think that I got it with my mind. Notice formula, right? Formula. But God totally erases that formula. And he says, if I would but worship him, if I would just completely open my heart, my soul, and my mind up to him, his kingdom would advance through me and something different can happen specific for my family, specific for my generation, specific for the things that I'm involved in to bring his kingdom into earth. Why don't you stand to your feet? Stand to your feet.
So right now, God, even as Paul prayed in Ephesians 1, he said, would you give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we might know what we're called to? And so, Jesus, I'm thanking you right now, God, that every single person in this room today says if there's any hard place, any position of my heart that's not totally lined up with you, I choose to give it to you today. God, I just declare right now in Jesus' name, and I will say this, if you've never met this glorious Jesus, the one that has a relationship with us, the one that says to us, I know you, the one that says, yes, I'm not using you, I'm co-laboring with you in the earth. If you don't know this glorious Jesus, you're going to have an opportunity to come up today because he knows you intimately and he knows all the details of your life. So, Zaina, would you minister that song? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, continue singing. While she's singing and ministering this song, I know that the, the ministry team is going to come up here shortly. But if you know that that's you, you can continue, Zaina. I'm just, I'm just be talking while you're singing. If you know that that's you and there's nothing wrong with you, you're not damaged goods, you're just in a season and seasons are okay because seasons come and seasons go. But you know, man, God, I haven't opened up everything to you. We just come to the front today. If that's you, you, you know that, man, I've had resistance in my heart towards you. I, I've, I've, I've locked you out to, to a degree. But today I'm opening up all the way. If that's you, when the ministry team comes, just come and just get ministry from them. Jesus' mighty name. So right now, I just declare over this congregation that every heart would be open, that every soul would be repaired with sozo, and every piece of the mind would be unto you right now, Lord God, in Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' name, amen. You're all things hoped for my life The whole earth longs for you The desired one Righteous and holy one Oh, oh delight You're all things hoped for my life 
Yeah, the Lord is just really doing some amazing things right now. During worship, Laura, where are you at, Laura? Her ear popped open during worship. She's deaf in one of her ears, and it popped open just during worship. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.